0: welcome back to normies like us the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square are you actively eating that candy bar right now because we're going to need all the energy we can get as we tap into the speed force as we attempt to change our fate when we review the flash on normies like us you lost both parents in one day
1: that pain made me who i am
0: why did you help me
1: because you needed help i will help you if i die wait he's batman i'm batman let's get nuts. you heard it up top that's right we are getting down with the quickness we're talking about uh the most serious speedster in the game we're talking uh and reviewing the latest dc superhero movie uh long awaited for some people it's been pushed back re shot, reshot this and that but it's finally here and we're going to talk about the flash uh cinematic experience of the summer apparently uh with your host uh I'll be um Molly West nice nice and uh I'll be Jake Garrick jay
0: Garrick the Silver Age Flash oh yeah uh, That's nice <laughs> yeah you know he's the one with the metal bucket hat oh uh, yeah 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 everyone's favorite story, obviously
1: yeah this movie yeah. but we do see a little bucket hat maybe here and there but um yeah we'll be spoiling the whole movie um Talking our opinions, liked it, dislikes, all that. Um, but before that, I wanted to let everybody know. First of all, we have covered the Flash in the past, back in 2020. We did a whole episode dedicated to all the iterations of the Flash, diving into the CD- CW, the cartoons, this and that. And uh, yes. Jacob, if you want to bring everybody up to speed, kind of where are up to speed uh, with your background with the Flash. This is one of one of a character you you enjoy quite Absolutely. heavily, right? Yeah, I didn't know if I had mentioned it on the podcast. I totally forgot that we did an
0: episode on The Flash in 2020. Um, But, you know, growing up, I was always more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. I wasn't a comics reader, but I was a fan of the animated shows, like Batman animated series, obviously, was a huge Mm -hmm. thing uh, in my childhood. And I watched X-Men and Spider-Man and stuff on the Marvel side as well. But my favorite was Batman, and then after Batman... There was Justice League, right, on Cartoon Network, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the same universe as the Batman. You know, it's Kevin Conroy, Batman, and everything. Um, And in the Justice League, I was just a huge fan of The Flash. And The Flash was my favorite superhero growing up. So most people like Batman or Spider-Man. I like those characters too, but my number one guy gotta be the flash
1: right nice nice i mean i've been a childhood fan of a certain speedster as well but um my speedster of choice is sonic the hedgehog you know i was had one comic book of his uh very good fast uh, hero and then i was also as you mentioned i was more of a spider-man person um so when we did the episode on the flash it was cool to kind of get to know a little bit more of the history of this character and the different people who've put on the winged hat and you know run for it um, or run with it. Um yeah, here with another iteration now in this episode.
0: Yeah. And you know, this this movie I was excited for it when it was announced just because uh The Flash we've never really had a we've never had a live action Flash solo movie. We still really haven't arguably, but uh <laughs> right, right. You know, we've had how many Batman movies, how many Spider-Man movies? No Flash movies. So this is the first live action Flash movie so i was i'm basically the the audience for this movie being a flash fan uh and so i was excited you know to hear about it of course yeah. the production of it was not didn't go that well obviously the issues with the lead actor which uh
1: yeah yeah i guess you know, something to with say up top, you know none of this episode is condoning uh any alleged behavior from as as a Riller or any of their kind of uh, activities offset etc right. we don't endorse any any kind of thing like that uh, i was going to this know. just as a curiosity of where does it leave uh the dcu or getting james gunn to take over so i'm coming into it like as not Absolutely. really a flash fan i'm just like what where does this leave this universe that they're building and that's kind of was my curiosity with it as well
0: yeah and it's a kind of a unique circumstances where this movie has been in production for so long uh that it really was a remnant of the last universe that is now over with the james gunn announcement they're rebooting was once called the dc eu i believe mm-hmm. and yep. the new james gunn run soft reboot if you will is going to be
1: the dcu so reload, it's simple you know i got the mcu you know, you got the dcu right right well see i i used to be figured reloaded because of the james gunn taking it over but yeah. um yeah, it's in it. So this we knew so, there was going to be some time travel and st- like something with multiverse. And it's like, okay, is this a perfect way for them to back into the James Gunn-verse? And uh well, we'll dive into all yeah. that and and where it kind of goes when we get to the episode proper. But that's kind yeah. of what brought us and, to it. Yeah.
0: Well, I just wanted to mention so the James Gunn announcement was a few months ago, right? This movie's been in production for like five years. Yeah. A lot of troubles, you know, I think they switched directors a couple of times, but it's finally coming out, and it really is like the last remnants of this you, you know past justice league universe uh along with aquaman 2 that's going to be coming out uh later this year and blue beetle uh very you know interesting that those movies are coming out when they are Somehow. of course Shazam 2 uh you know they're kind of stuck in this like no man's land between these universes right so yeah. you know and we can we'll t- we'll talk about all that too but i just wanted to mention also Colin, obviously not here today. Uh hmm. he did tell me he was he needed to go back to the past to change something about his past. Oh, so he's right. being very cryptic, but I think
1: he's he might be trapped in the speed force. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Something yeah. about a tomato cans or something. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. no worries. But we'll we'll catch up with him hopefully uh in next week uh with what's coming down the pipeline. But I guess for now, uh let's go ahead and tap into the speed force and just get straight into our review of the flash the long-awaited flash right after this so run barry run we're back uh in the peasant future who knows but we're back and we're talking the flash and uh, speaking of past present future this is based on even with my limited knowledge It's kind of based on a famous story in the Flash comic run. It's uh, known as Flashpoint. So do you think you could explain kind of the history of the storyline and live action comic, cartoon, all the kind of runs they've taken at it? Because it is a a really big deal.
0: Yeah. So you were mentioning like they're sort of using this movie to transition universes or soft reboot their universe. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the Flashpoint storyline in the comics was for. So, you know, the thing about DC Comics history uh it's very long and convoluted the timeline of the continuity right but mm. every once in a while they would reboot sort of the universe and the continuity in DC Comics usually when sales were lagging or something they needed to change it up so mm. um and these changes aren't always popular um but in 2011 they decided you know what DC Comics is getting stale sales are down We're going to reboot the universe we're going to cancel every line of comics that we have and reboot with 52 new uh series uh and that was known as the new 52 right
1: okay Uh, and this is 2011 this is going down 2011 oh lantern came out that year okay makes sense dc says we need this yeah so they they canceled
0: everything uh even their old like action comics and detective comics that had been numbered with original their original numbering since the 1930s, they canceled the numbering of those and just started everything at zero. Uh oh. which was kind of a big deal in the in the comics world. Uh and the new 52 oh. wasn't super popular. It lasted from 2011 to 2016, uh, before they rebooted again with Justice League Rebirth, I believe it was called. Uh, but they just do that. You know, obviously the comic books industry isn't what it once was. Mm-hmm. It's mainly used now to sort of adapt stories into movies which obviously comic book movies are a much bigger industry than the comic books themselves now
1: um yeah yeah, for sure
0: but all that to say uh they rebooted to the new 52 and the way they were going to do that was this flash centric crossover story called flashpoint right got it um yeah and that of course involves and that's what this movie is loosely based on uh and that involves the flash barry allen uh obviously the form his formative origin story is that his mom was killed when he was a kid um and his dad was framed for her murder uh yep and so he's going back in time so he obviously speed force he can do speed force basically means he can do anything right that's this is a concept where he can tap into the speed force he can use it to travel in time uh many other things if you watch the cw show it's basically like the force in star wars where you can kind of use it to explain
1: a lot of different things right the good macguffin to have right i mean we know in yeah. real science like if you move close enough to the speed of light you're basically time traveling and if you can go faster yeah so there's a little bit of theoretical science that's like yeah if he that, goes super fast time travel can happen and that's kind of the mechanism by which uh they're using these resets and that's what he wants yeah i just try to save his mom and time travel obviously when you start messing with time travel you get
0: paradoxes and and those kind of things uh mm. and obviously we have had a lot of time travel and multiverse stuff just recently right multiverses are very popular uh. uh right now um and so this is dc's attempt at that uh yeah so time travel the thing about time travel it's like a spaghetti it's like a yeah, wet spaghetti. Like spaghetti. <laughs> right, that's right. So Barry Allen's going to go back in time, stop his mother from dying, and fix his past. Right, yeah. As anyone would want to do if they lost their their mother as a child. Um, so he does that, but then he realizes that you know more things have changed than he realized, and essentially he created a new branching timeline blah blah
1: blah so we have a parallel universe type situation right butterfly effect and all that right you know yeah change one thing and now everything else is is gone crazy right
0: yeah so this movie is loosely adapted from that there are some differences with the flashpoint story and i know um a movie an animated movie that i recommended to you that we both watched after watching this movie Justice League, yes. the Flashpoint Paradox from 2013, which is a more direct adaptation of the comic book storyline.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would love to maybe, maybe after review of the, the movie, kind of discuss some of the compare and contrast some of the things they did with those projects yes. after yes. focusing on this live action. Um, but I did, I was curious to check out more about this kind of Flashpoint concept after seeing the live action. And I, I'm uh, grateful that you recommended it because I did enjoy uh, watching the DC animated film, which I've heard good things about the DC animated films anyway being better almost Absolutely. than the live action. So, so far. And I think I've cool. mentioned
0: I've mentioned those before on this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I just think the Flash is a great character when utilized properly and he's been sort of underutilized in the history of DC movies. And that's the thing, being a DC fan, uh, you know, what the DC movies have gone through the last couple of years, all I've wanted was good you know dc movies and so i'm hoping james gunn will bring that um
1: but let's talk about this movie the flash what's good yeah, about it so the, about the it? best iteration of the flash in your opinion you know <laughs> ezra miller's take on the character um yeah yeah this is our most recent this is what we have obviously from the justice league movies we were introduced to him through the snyder slash whedon whatever that debacle was we get we get the flash in there um yeah. i do like some of what happened in the snyder cut like the ending of that film was pretty dynamic and run Barry run like there's some excitement like the character did seem more interesting but i didn't know a ton about them yeah he did have yeah. yeah he had a good
0: part in in the snyder cut and to recap on the snyder cut i did like the snyder cut better than the justice league theatrical cut which is the whedon yeah, you know cross mixture of, of two different directors which was a complete mess the snyder cut was was an improvement on that um but the flash was almost the last member of the justice league other than the Cy- other than cyborg to not get a solo movie you know cyborg mm-hmm. well obviously this iteration of cyborg will never get a solo movie uh but other than that everyone else in the justice league has had one except flash so right. um excited to talk about it the main i think the main difference from the flashpoint storyline and from flash's general storylines is the the lack of his main rival i'm talking the reverse flash right right yeah uh yellow great name yeah Uh uh-huh so it looks like the flash but with a yellow suit real name eobard Thawn, sometimes called reverse flash sometimes called zoom or professor zoom sometimes zoom is like in the cw show zoom is just a different villain character that's also a speedster it doesn't matter you know it's not important yeah but, uh, Thon is very important to Flash's whole, uh, mythology, like as important as, you know, the Joker is to Batman or Lex Luthor is to Superman. So I thought it was a little strange that they didn't really include him in this Flash movie.
1: No, no, no. And again, full spoilers for this, for this film coming up and yeah. you know, all that. But, um, you know, cause I, he, Thawne was like the main villain in the, the, flashpoint paradox right not to get too into it but it's like and he's from yeah. the future generally so there's always a time he's travel been... element with the flash yeah right he so was
0: eobard thawne also very important in the cw show which i was a big fan of back in the day um eobard thawne is from the 25th century he's flash's like biggest rival he recreated the accident that gave flash his powers because he wanted super speed like the flash I think at first he idolized the flash in the future because the flash Mm -hmm. is like this big superhero. Um, but then he, you know, recreated his, 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 uh, experiment got super speed. Um, basically just became evil and became, and wanted to ruin Barry's life as much as possible. Barry Allen. Right. Yeah. So he goes back in the past messes with stuff. Um, in some, again since he's not in this movie it's not really important but like in the cw version of this storyline mm-hmm. uh eobard Thawne is the one that kills flash's mom okay, so yeah. in this movie they don't really touch on like what who actually killed we him we never find out like yeah we just know but in the cw that- um he goes back in time kills barry's mom and frames mm-hmm. his dad and basically ruins his life uh, which is what Barry wants to
1: fix, right? Come on, Eobard. Yeah, so so, so the CW has tackled this, the animated films have tackled this kind of concept, and so it's have enormous much, books, so it's it's yeah. ubiquitous with the character.
0: Ever since 2011, this became like the main Flash storyline, and, and a lot of fans of the Flash are, are they're kind of tired of time travel stuff, because time travel became to define the Flash character so much since then, because you know, super speed allows him to just time travel so easily, but you know eventually defines his whole character which yeah some people like,
1: just want more like speedster adventures you know he can do other yeah like right right there's um, a lot of creative things with the powers i think that would get overlooked if you lean into the time travel so so dc we know they're rebooting their universe this was in work long before that was even happening so they're trying to reshape it as it's going but in this version uh barry allen does go back to try to save his mom but this time when he goes back there's a branching timeline but there's also Another Barry. He meets himself. He meets his eighteen-year-old yes. self, and he's kind of now the mentor to the mentee of his younger self. And that's kind of he loses his powers, and then he's trying to be like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" And he's trying to now kind of buddy comedy with himself. And that's they're trying to yeah. solve the figure out the universe that they're in. What are the changes? How do we get back? And and etc. That's kind of so
0: you get two Barry Allens, yeah, two Ezra Millers. Uh uh-huh. They crush it. A, uh- <laughs> yeah, acting against them- themselves Uh, yeah a literal they them if you will uh um yeah and i i did like the dynamic of like the younger barry versus the older more mature barry and then eventually older barry's just like hey can you just like shut the fuck up for like two seconds and stop being like immature yeah realizes how like he must have come off to other people you know at a younger age when he was like a much, you
1: know, a more immature character, right? Yeah, and he's just like that. in the Justice League, yeah, there's there's stuff that does work here. Like, I I don't think I dislike this movie, like in its entirety. I, I don't think it's perfect by any means, yeah. but I think there was some some good stuff here. And I got to give Ezra Miller credit. Like, they they did a good job. You know, I think with the yeah. role, there's some good emotional moments. Like, I, I bought into like a lot of the the emotional you know arcs and energy of this just based off their performance and. You know, credit, yeah, credit them, but again, not endorsing and offset activities, right?
0: No, I like that contrast. And mm-hmm. the younger Barry is a more carefree Barry because he's the Barry that grew up with a mom, mm-hmm. with a dad that wasn't in jail. So he had a loving family and support. So he has like nothing to worry about. And then older Barry is like, you don't understand how good you have it, like it's you like just take natural. everything for granted. Yeah. Um, so, I, th- I love that contrast. And I found the younger Barry annoying at times just because he was sort of like the more immature, quippy Barry, just not taking anything seriously, joking all the time. Um, but that's intended in the story to show contrast with the older Barry, right? So, I, I did like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I wish they would. I mean, he has different hair. I wish there was just a little bit more distinction, maybe facially, between them. Like, because they, they kind of look the same age. One Barry's supposed to be 18. But other than yeah, I feel that, feel like they. I think they did
0: like age down the younger one with, with effects a little bit. Right. But it wasn't like super obvious, but like, it's not, but like, I don't think, um, Ezra Miller isn't that much older than, you know, young Barry, I guess young Barry is like 20 or something. And then old Barry is like Ezra Miller's current age. Like, 30 or something. I don't know how. Something like that. Yeah.
1: But um, either way, that's a nitpick. And I think it's, it's a fun dynamic. And as it kind of develops throughout the movie, you know, um, I I think it works, you know, we end up getting the powers going and then he has to teach Barry too, how to use them. Like all that stuff is kind of, kind of working for me, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting choice that the main actor that Ezra Miller has to act against is themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Before, Obviously, Michael Keaton shows up and Supergirl shows up, which we'll get to. Um, but a good part of the movie is just two flashes interacting. Yeah. And I actually liked this part of the movie. Like the first two-thirds of the movie was the best part of the movie. I thought I thought the end it kind of falls apart a little bit for me. Um mm-hmm. and overall, I do I I don't think it's like an amazing or a great movie, but I do think it's a better movie than some of the lows of dc over the over the past few years like suicide squad 2016 Mm -hmm. uh justice league like we mentioned batman versus superman like i think it's better than all of those movies
1: 84 i'd say it's better than wonder woman 84 maybe not better than wonder woman original but definitely 84 yeah um yeah it's totally a fine decent movie it's just it's in a weird spot because like you said it's almost like the the end of this dying stage of cinema and maybe we'll talk more about how how it's faring and, and stuff but it is it's in a weird spot very but interesting. Yeah. when it's just doing and, its own thing it's working right you know yeah and i wish it would
0: focus on that emotional part of the story uh but of course the way they marketed this movie it's very interesting because obviously this comes out post spider-man no way home a movie that, that's very important to this movie uh because this is basically yeah. dc's version of no way home or, or the, them attempting to do something similar also, it comes out a few weeks after Across the Spider-Verse. Not great timing for for DC because that movie is so widely praised right now. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and also deals with multiverses. So you could argue, you know, MCU has already done this better. Sony Spider-Verse has done it better. So multiverses yeah. at this point, you have everything everywhere all at once. You know, multiverses are getting a little,
1: uh, there's too many of them, right? A little tired. I, yeah, I, I agree. It. Of it. Yeah, they're, they're starting to wear thin, um... We'll get the Nintendo, the NCU, remember, we're gonna have our Smash Brothers culmination film. But uh right. so there's stab at, like you said, uh far from home or whatever. Um we do have, you know, a couple Batmans in here, as we saw, you know, Michael Keaton, but in the very beginning he's talking to to Batfleck saying, I can fix everything. Absolutely. And Batfleck says, Hey, you could also mess it up, and he doesn't listen because, you know. So we get this, a little bit of Batfleck here, a little action yeah. scene for him.
0: And we actually get in terms of cameos from the current or the recent justice league we do get most of them except cyborg i think at some point in this and 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 superman except superman and cyborg right little wonder woman cameo in the beginning we get a an aquaman after the credits scene yep um and we get batfleck and i did think it was a little bittersweet because even though i may not have loved all these movies i did like the casting of ben affleck as batman i thought i liked his version of the character i like you know gal gadot i like jason momoa so i like these characters i just wish they were in better movies
1: sometimes yeah they, they definitely had the casting right like henry cavill's great is superman too like they they did have a good roster you know yeah. it's just they couldn't put anything on film that was like cohesive or, or engaging enough to the general audience even to just make enough money and get enough buzz to continue the way marvel had but they definitely had the right casting i, I think
0: yeah and i just feel bad for the batfleck Iteration of the character because he really never really got a chance to kind of thrive on his own he never even really got a solo movie he had batman versus superman right yeah but um and now we have Battenson who i also like but uh That's it was a little bittersweet entirely yeah yeah it was a little bittersweet seeing the last most likely the last appearance of Batfleck. maybe i don't know about wonder woman and i know aquaman is gonna have a new movie wonder woman it still might be gal gadot according to Casting rumors with James Gunn's new, uh, you know, universe. So
1: yeah, it's, it's a little bittersweet. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, but I guess we'll move the plot forward here. of getting to our second Batman, you know, cause the first thing we do is, is the two berries. They want to get, um, the powers going right for Barry too. So they, they go and recreate that. Right. Right. Oh, so what we should say first is that, so
0: Barry goes back in, in the past changes something that will save his mom from dying. Then right. as he's going back to the future, there's a mysterious dark flash character that he runs into in the, in the Speed Force that pushes him out of the stream of the Speed Force into a year where Younger Youngerberry exists. And now he's stuck there. His
1: powers are gone. Um, and and so Youngberry doesn't trying- have their powers yet because they haven't yeah. suffered the tragedy that ends puts them on that oh, he The mystery is that he's
0: trying to figure out who who was that that like pushed me out and now am correct. i stuck in this time and what's going on right yeah so correct. they want to recreate the the accident that originally gave him his powers so that younger barry can get the powers because this this happens to be the very day that this accident will happen right it's a lightning storm that hits some chemicals and he gets soaked in these electrocuted chemicals which gives him super speed right yep that
1: makes sense standard yeah. stuff so, so yeah they, they go on a little mission and do that together and you know, power's recovered. We I like the fun kind of training stuff that they're doing. They're trying to... teach yeah. him. Right, now Dona, you know, he loses his clothes and like little gags. And young Barry, apartment. Yeah, young Youngberry's so impulsive that he's like not really listening. And like,
0: you know, it's it's a fun dynamic, I think.
1: Yeah, he's just too excited. I also like that they... Add, I mean, not that they added, but especially in the first part of this movie, they're like playing into like he needs to eat all the time because of Absolutely. the amount of calories that you burn. And so you're constantly seeing young Barry just like starving and stuffing his, his yeah. you know, teenager style. That's stuff, something but... that, uh,
0: yeah, that's something that's been touched on even in the CW show. That's a part of his character. And another thing is he can't get drunk so he can just drink a ton of alcohol, but he metabolizes it so fast that he never really gets drunk. Right. Um, right. So he's just, he just has a super high metabolism.
1: It's like an you um, I don't drink Gimli probably.
0: Yeah. I'll probably mention CW flash here and there to compare it to this movie because I was a big fan of that show. Obviously I think we've mentioned it before as well, but I used to go over to Colin and Joe's old place uh, here in LA when they lived together. Uh, And this was a few years ago, but I would go over after work and we would watch, you know, new episodes week by week. It was, you know, um, you know, uh, a view, you know, we would all get together and and, uh, it was, uh, it's like I event television of, for
1: you guys. Yes, so you're, you set a date, you're going to show. Like we used to do that with exact seasons of The Walking Dead. You get everybody together. It's like, all right, this is actually. There thing. was really
0: only yeah a few shows that we did that for. It was Prime Walking Dead, The Flash in the first couple seasons, and like Game of Thrones. But yeah, it was up there with those shows for us when we were watching it. And I still think the season one of The Flash is like really good, and it does deteriorate over time in quality. And I did stop watching after like the fifth season i think and there's like seven seasons total it just ended too by the way like the final season of the flash just ended this past spring a few weeks before this movie came out actually yeah so yeah okay shout out to grant gustin the cw barry allen um you know it's hard to not compare this you know these two iterations because of the two main uh live action iterations of the flash in the past couple decades
1: right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know we get a lot of multiverse stuff here we'll get into it when we get there but it feels kind of weird that you know there's not really representation for that version of the flash in this movie when there easily could have been and it's like is that on purpose or is that keep the tv and stuff separate but it's like you have an opportunity to at least show something of that you know and
0: that's what i i am going to want to talk about with the cameos which we'll get to but i feel like when we
1: hit that yeah um,
0: yes i'll hold off my thoughts until then, but. Um, jumping back to the
1: plot of this movie, right? They're so learning have, the powers, right? And yeah. then it's like, okay, we got it. We need help. We need help. I uh, I know there's got to be a Batman here, right? There's got to be a Batman. So they go and yeah. looking for this universe's Batman is kind of the next step, right? Well, first they're kind of
0: yeah they're figuring out oh there's like older Barry Allen is figuring out like things are different in this universe. And I thought it was funny the way the way he first discovers like changes are happening. It's like they're talking about the movie Back to the Future, right? Time travel. Oh yeah, yes. yes. Like, oh. Michael J. Fox, love Back to the Future. And they're like, Michael J. Fox? You mean Eric Stoltz? Yeah. Obviously, yep. Eric Stoltz, the star of Back to the Future. And he's like, what? What are you yeah. talking about? You're like, Michael J. Fox was in Footloose. And they're like, then he was like, um, oh, no, yeah. Kevin Bacon was Footloose. And they're like, Kevin Bacon was in Top Gun. So all these, so that's one of the changes in this universe is that all these movies have different actors in them, which is very yeah. Funny. And that is a reference to Back to the Future because Eric Stoltz was originally going to play uh, Marty McFly they had shot they, for a couple weeks right yeah and they were like this he, isn't working they weren't liking his chemistry with with doc brown i think so they switched him out for michael j fox so yeah very funny reference there
1: and it's a perfect reference to do it with a time travel movie you know like oh back to the yeah. future no you're back to the future is different like that's perfect right so. um, and
0: then they're t- they start you know barry allen's like trying to contact other members of the justice league mm. turns out in this universe aquaman was never born uh
1: that's right uh, he, he calls up tamira morrison that's right yeah Arthur Cur- uh thomas curry i think his name is yeah it's your uh, uh your wife an atlantean queen <laughs> it's like there's a yeah. fight gag you know it's like okay so in
0: this universe tamira morrison never met the queen of atlantis and never had jason momoa mm-hmm. wonder woman i forget what they said about her but i don't think she exists in this universe or something
1: yeah or she's she superman doesn't exist um, Superman doesn't exist. Batman does exist. Cyborg is still in college playing football. Right. It's a regular football player, Victor Stone. Yep. yeah But Batman's real. Yeah, here. Batman's real.
0: So they're like, okay, that's good. Bruce Wayne, let's fucking go to his mansion. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this um, kind of and this was a big selling point of the movie, of course, and a big marketing point that they hit on. I mean, this was in all the trailers everything like this is a main reason why probably a lot of people were even interested in seeing this movie and that is the return of michael keaton as bruce wayne uh
1: yeah oh, man it's trying to get nuts you get ever done. dance with the devil in the pale moonlight you know um, that's right now the original superhero film almost like i'm not counting maybe the, the superman movie well, superman richard donner Superman. yeah one of the um, early foundational superhero definitely
0: movies. and definitely one of the first modern superhero even if it was 1989 they'll feel like it has more in common with uh the superhero movies of the last two decades than it does like the richard donner like 70s um
1: i feel it like it's more like a 20. sam raimi spider-man yeah. than it does at the donner supermans yeah yeah for sure and obviously
0: that those movies would continue with joel schumacher uh and you know, obviously Michael Keaton would be replaced by Val Kilmer and then George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And then we would get the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Start obviously Batman, but only one. Yes. Yeah. But Batman 1989, a lot of people's favorite Batman ever, including like the dark Knight and stuff like that. And Michael Keaton, a lot of people's favorite Batman and favorite Bruce Wayne
1: ever. Right. I don't yeah. know about you. I, I like Michael Keaton a lot. I think Michael Keaton's fine. I think he's good. I don't, I have recency bias maybe I, I really like Robert Pattinson's take on the character yes um, I like I, Pattinson yeah
0: I like Christian Bale I thought he was also a good Bruce Wayne but maybe not the best
1: Batman mm-hmm. um, and, and but Pattinson's not a great Speedman. Batman but we'll have to see how he is as Bruce Wayne because he spent the entire first movie yeah. just as Batman we haven't seen Bruce Wayne really in, in Pattinson's but I think Again, I, I like him Batman above Batman, Christian Batman. Bale Keaton I'd like him more than Christian Bale I think in hindsight um, yeah I think it was just at the time it was like, oh my god, this is perfect. But as they've kind of sat on the shelf, at Keaton is very distinct. You know what I mean?
0: And I do like Keaton more than Val Kilmer or George Clooney. I'll say yeah. that.
1: We got more Bat um, Family in the George Clooney era, and you know Bat nipples, but that's about it. Yeah. Also, those movies just weren't as good.
0: No. And obviously, you have Batman Returns with Danny DeVito as the Penguin.
1: I also like that movie a lot. That's good. Um, but or get Cackleman I, I, so. A lot of people yeah. are affection for this character, and yeah, again, that's a big part of the marketing. We're going to get you know the old bat heads in in the building.
0: Yes, and as much as I do like Michael Keaton, here's my my problem with the movie. And I thought I did like him in this movie, but to me, the casting of our, oh, we're going to bring Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne in this parallel universe. It seems it's to me it's like why are you doing that, right? It's really just to sell tickets. But what what impact does it have on the story that Bruce Wayne is just this different guy that Barry Allen doesn't know or recognize? And obviously, they make references to the '89 Batman world with the mansion and the suits and the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. They mention his Alfred, but they really don't make that many direct references. Like, is this the same universe that '89 Batman existed in? Like, all you know, are yeah. are is, this, is it the same Gotham? Like, what's going on here? Um, um was and the jack Nicholson to, joker there right was danny de right, penguin right, there right <laughs> right um c- to compare it to no way home it's like no way home uses its crossovers like you know green goblin and stuff they have a purpose within the story that makes sense and you bringing in andrew garfield and toby Maguire, it makes sense within the story to me a michael keaton Batman he has no connection to barry allen the flash so to me it, it seems like a pretty naked um we about you know right it's basically a nostalgia bait pandering kind of thing
1: yeah and, and we see that later too i think it, they're just kind of throwing everything they can and see what sticks because also with spider-man it's like that was you know 2002 you know when toby was around yeah so it was only like 20 years this is 89 you know like yeah there's people like we're in our 30s ish you know realm so we have nostalgia of growing up with toby's movie and then the oh they're back right but what what age? You know, we maybe have nostalgia because we were really really young with Michael Keaton. But beyond us, yeah. nobody really has seen that that movie. Probably. I mean, obviously, young, young. I didn't watch it in theaters, but I did
0: watch it on you know yeah, home video a lot, and I was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, who is this really for? Obviously, it's not for kids. It's not for teenagers. Now they don't give a fuck about Michael Keaton. They've never it's seen it for like people in their thirties and forties, right? So, yeah. and again, what purpose does he fit in the story? Now, if you compare this to Flashpoint, the Flashpoint paradox or the Flashpoint mm-hmm. storyline, there's some differences when he goes into this parallel universe. Like a big part of it is that Batman in this universe isn't Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne actually died in the alley instead of his parents. He was shot by the robber as a kid. Right. The parents survived. So Thomas Wayne, his father, becomes Batman. And then his mother, Martha Wayne, goes crazy goes insane from the grief and becomes this world's joker right so that's an interesting dynamic that's not at all in this movie um no no think about this so what if you had michael keaton old man michael keaton in his 70s have him play thomas wayne in this universe instead of bruce wayne that barry allen doesn't know um he could have been thomas wayne then you could have had that whole angle in the movie um which is a big part of why i like flashpoint paradox um You know, you have that really emotional scene at the end when he brings the note from his father to Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of emotional storytelling that could have been done there instead of just having Michael Keaton come back as Bruce Wayne.
1: Right, right, right. And they do make parallels to Barry and um, Bruce, Bruce Wayne where it's like, you know, Michael Keaton tells him, you know, I lost my parents too and that grief, you know, whatever, whatever. But it's like you could play that card from a different angle with Thomas Wayne being like, yeah, all I do is grieve and like yeah can't accept things the way they are but really that's what we both need you need to accept that your mom is gonna die dude it sucks but we need to accept things the way they are because that's what right. defines us right um you can, i mean you have already the bruce wayne the ben
0: affleck bruce wayne that barry knows he's mm-hmm. telling him that, those kind of things we weren't meant to change the past right the past is our past trauma is what defines us obviously he knows that very well mm-hmm. um but what i love about flashpoint paradox is the contrast between you know earth ones bruce wayne versus thomas wayne who's who's much more kind of unhinged and he doesn't
1: have the no killing rule like he's, he's just running just around with guns. guns the first thing you see is batman going akimbo right And it's, yeah this yeah. is not the bat we know yeah um, right and there's, there's a lot there but again so now they're making a choice that directly affects the story effectiveness of a character like you said just to kind of make some money and you know cheap seats you know right
0: but you could still cast like michael keaton is the perfect age to play an older Thomas Wayne like it would make but
1: they want to use the 89 it. theme they want to use the 89 bat. you they know now it's all that. a nostalgia grab they could they could. Yeah. They could but it's
0: they like could. they're referencing this older movie but for it doesn't really serve any point in the story right that's kind of what bugs me about it I guess you know that, that's but, not to say I don't like Michael Keaton in this movie because I did like him as a supporting character I thought he was a lot of fun I mean Michael Keaton is just like a cool guy so it's it's easy to put him in your movie and, and you know have him add something but it could have it could have been more impactful to the story i guess is what i what i'm saying
1: yeah, and it could have added some kind of more branches to to the multiverse. you know, it puts more stuff out there, you know, um yeah, it's inter- like you, t- you don't consider like we get Sasha Kaye supergirl, which is an interesting, yes. you know look at another side of a multiverse because normally that's a very positive character. and like this is a very grim dark take on that. And then we could have had another thing with a Thomas Wayne. general audiences aren't familiar with that. Like, oh, there's a version of Batman where Bruce died and his dad becomes, you know, that's a cool angle. And yeah, I agree. that' that's never been, it. yeah, that's never been done in live action before. I think that would have been a really interesting
0: angle to add to this movie. Instead, we just have older Michael Keaton fulfilling the same Bruce Wayne mentor role that Ben Affleck already filled in, in Barry's main universe. Um, but it's fine. So we first meet him, you know, he's got long hair, he's like very different than what you would expect. He's cooking spaghetti, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of a retired Batman. Now, he retired because there's no more crime in Gotham City because he did his
1: job too well, I guess. Yeah, he's too good at punching those bad guys, you know? Uh, Yeah. But he's kind of retired. They try to bring him up to speed, uh, pun intended, and he explains once they kind of discuss the multiverse and what's going on, he gives the spaghetti metaphor that I referenced up top where it's like sometimes universes are stacked on top of each other, sometimes they split but the yes. main thing is, he's saying, look, when you change the past, you know, it's it's kind of a ripple effect that that change, and it's explained better in Flashpoint. But it expands in yeah. every direction through time, past, present, future. So, like, you can't just change the past and have it be linear; like, it's affecting everything.
0: Right. And every movie, every multiverse or time travel movie's got to have this exposition scene where they're explaining how the rules work in this universe, like the Spider Verse. You know, mm-hmm. Miguel O'Hara explaining it or whatever but so in this we get a a spaghetti analogy which actually i kind of liked because of the string theory (laughs) yeah yeah well it's it's easy to understand how these once you get all these spaghetti kind of thrown together it's like they have all these different intersections so it's not it's a very complicated thing and that's why all these universes kind of cross over at different points and it's really hard to predict
1: right right but there's some things that are kind of always constants on each spaghetti they're all made of wheat and you know water or whatever you know like there's yeah, some things like there there's generally point. an alfred and a bat yeah that kind of thing What's the next in the, the spaghetti's cross or a canon event if you will right yeah these are nexus points and what do they call them they call them something else in loki but we have all these different rules yeah. from all two verses it's getting exhausting but uh he, he eventually gets on board like he's like you know if i'm going to help you what do i do and um is using the bat tech and they're like there's got to be a superman then or some shit you know so now they're researching that you know using his vast surveillance network how can we can we find superman like what what the hell happened and so that's kind of the next yes. part here but i do do they go after superman and then try to get the powers back or do they do that and then go after superman i'm trying to remember the order they go after superman first because
0: that's- um so if you remember so like obviously in this universe they find out clark kent or Kalel had mm-hmm. never made it as a baby to Earth and instead his pod was destroyed but his cousin who was sent as his protector came instead and that is Kara uh, Zor-El I think. Yep. A. Kara a. Zor-El Supergirl which again we've had the CW Supergirl show which did cross over with the CW Flash because they had some crossover events and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Supergirl in this movie, I do, I, I do like her to jump into uh, that. Yeah, Asha so, Kai, like you said, her first major film role, uh, and I thought she did a really good job in the small amount that she's in this film. I guess you could say. Yeah,
1: she doesn't have a lot to do. It turns out, you know, a Kryptonian craft did crash land in Earth, and they've just been keeping her prisoner basically the whole time. Yeah, um, and in, in this wrestling. is another. This is a change from the Flashpoint story. She's being
0: held by Russia. Now, in the Flashpoint Paradox movie that we watched, it's actually, it is Superman, Kal-El, but he's Mm -hmm. being held by the American government. And in that universe, instead of crash landing near Ma and Pa Kent, he crashed, he caused like a big explosion in Metropolis. Yeah. And the government held him as a prisoner and were like doing experiments on him. So it's a little even darker in the Flashpoint Paradox where it's like, the U.S. government is like doing
1: experiments on him. Instead, they just make it Russia. Russia's an easy villain right now, obviously. It's an easy out, yeah. Which yeah. Yeah, it, it gives me shades of the boys and what they were doing with Soldier Boy, kind of sedating. Yeah. When I watched the Flashpoint Paradox movie, I'm like, that's probably where the boys get that idea. Or like this, this concept of how do you Absolutely. detain a super and-, and if he's out of the sunlight? That's a part of it, too. They're depriving him of his energy source. But that Flashpoint Paradox Superman, he's all thin and like decrepit yeah it's a really it's wild thin, take yeah. and it's, it's a bold choice so again with the thomas wayne thing uh, but this is a fairly bold choice with supergirl and i do like her in the in the small bits that we. it do. is
0: yeah and she's kind of similar to that Superman character in the flashpoint paradox she's less like she was she was being like experimented on and abused and stuff she's but, in the dark yeah yeah um and this is also kind of references a little bit a a famous superman storyline which is called superman red sun oh, yeah. which is about uh if kalel had landed in soviet russia instead of america when he landed and was raised by the the ussr
1: and was fighting for you know communism the champion of communism yeah he has the sickle yeah. and uh, hammer on his thing instead yeah. of superman sign That's yeah on like alternate else kind of run Yeah, but yeah so they got to bail her out which they they yeah. have batman help him out they're doing this bat plane and there's a big fight up and man the amount of uh mileage keaton's batman gets out of just grappling hooks i find really really funny it's yes. like he's the master his tech is lower than other batmans right because it's 89 and i like how they're using right. the low tech effectively like in this movie it's kind of fun to see yeah. grappling hooks and little time bombs he's doing right how much and again like he's yeah, he's, you know 71
0: years old or whatever so he's like limited in action like they do i mean he does some action but it's like how much do you expect a 70 year old man to to fight but he's there's stunt doubles his- happily laying
1: in cg and you know?
0: yeah but he's using his tactician part because like obviously batman is like the greatest te- tactician in the world mm-hmm. so he knows you know he uses his brain
1: in in combination with his fighting right? give him a week to plan and he could defeat anybody right that's the yeah. batman thing right yeah. even
0: superman yeah, he's got yeah.
1: contingencies
0: for every member of the Justice League. How to take them down if they went rogue or turned evil?
1: Yeah, which is pretty cool actually. You, know, you got to cover your bases. Um, yeah, but yeah, they they go in there, they punch them up. They eventually free her. I do like how much do you weigh? He has to set the charge so they can launch up the elevator shaft. Like, there's some nice little touches here. That's a that, nice
0: detail. Yeah,
1: yeah, that I do like. And then they do bail her out. Uh, oh no, you put your hands up. But he's exposed to sunlight now. It's Supergirl time. You know, we've seen that in the trailer. Yeah. She's kind of in the hospital suit. Doing she a thing to be powered by our, our yellow sun. Uh, Which is similar to yeah. the Flashpoint. You know, you get him outside exactly. and he's starting to feel powerful. Okay, friends, you're my friend. Like there's parallels to that yeah. big time. Um, but anyway, so we go back to the Batcave and it's like, okay, here's what's going on. Supergirl, Zod is back uh, because there's no yes. Superman. So Zod is now becoming, he's like his tertiary threat. I don't think they used him well, but Zod is just there. No, it's just And theoretically, he's just gonna take over Superman. because of no Superman, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're flashing back to Man of Steel, the Zack Snyder Superman movie that kicked off this whole universe to begin with back in, I believe, 2015.
1: Right. Which then um, begs the get... question, does that yeah. mean the 89 Batman continuity leads up to the Man of Steel continuity? You know what I mean? It's it's all right. crazy. It makes no sense. None yeah. of it makes sense. Yeah, so this is just a separate
0: but Just 89 universe. Batman existing in this yeah. universe. Yeah. Wow. Obviously, okay. this is a separate universe where Kal-El is ne- it died as a baby so there's no one to protect humans from zod mm-hmm. uh except now supergirl um so they're like okay zod is like gonna kill everybody and again this is a little bit different but the same serves the same purpose as in flashpoint paradox they have uh a huge war going on between mm-hmm. the atlanteans and the amazons right aquaman and yeah. wonder woman who had this whole affair uh wonder woman kills Mira queen of Atlanta, Queen Mira. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they're like, they're like, like crazy evil versions of themselves in this world where they're just like killing people left and right, which is. Yeah. Yeah. They bit. kill Lex Luthor and stuff like spoilers. Yeah. A good movie though. It's pretty wild. Yeah. There's one scene where Wonder Woman hangs Steve Trevor with the lasso of truth. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of edgy stuff like that, but it's it's fun for an alternate universe.
1: Uh, it is pretty pretty edgy. There's a lot of dark. It's PG-13, you know, but yeah, they're yeah. really going for it. It's I didn't expect uh, to, for it to be that dark.
0: Wonder Woman also just murders Billy
1: Batson, you know, in kid form, right? Shazam. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, like, the Shazam kids. Yeah. They cut away, but you pretty know, she kid. just kills him. Yeah, that's Yeah, there's a the
0: sound effect. Yeah, and, then, yep. and Aquaman is equally like, bloodthirsty just killing people kills lex Luthor and deathstroke at one point mm-hmm. but they're basically starting world war three in europe so flash and batman in that in that story have to figure out how to stop this war a
1: wmd that that you know he's got so it's like that's a yeah. clock element oh shit yeah the world so
0: and in this movie zod taking over the world is kind of serves the same purpose as like a big climactic thing that they have to stop from and save the world
1: right yeah and if you're as michael shannon says uh banging all your action figures together that's certainly the the route that they took okay well we had a yeah. movie with zod we can get michael shannon back for half a day you know michael shannon kind of
0: stuff. yeah i did read some stuff he said in interviews where he's like you know this movie i was happy to come back but it's like didn't do much for me like because it wasn't really about zod like you know no. man of steel was like a he in his opinion, a better story where Zod was a more important part. And here again, he's just a sort of a
1: means to an end for a plot device. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And we just need some people to fight at the end. Yeah. We just need people to fight at the end. And I'm I'm with you. I like the first two thirds more than the final third. Although there's, there's bits to like if you're eating popcorn and you turn your brain off. But generally speaking, it's a lot stronger, even though I would have preferred Thomas Wayne. I do like the chemistry with Keaton and Ezra Miller's uh, berries. And uh, yes. Sasha Kaye, anyone? he's like, all right, what do you need me to help you? You want to get your powers back now? And they're going to do, again, from the Flashpoint Paradox, That's put right. a bunch of he chemicals around me and... Yeah. and shock me with lightning. <laughs> Which is basically, yeah, exactly how they do in
0: Flashpoint, where he's in this electric chair,
1: and he just gets zapped, and Batman's You're like... In oh, the lever brainer that brainer they use, that hor- yeah. the lever mechanism is directly from the yeah. Flashpoint Paradox. The only difference in
0: Flashpoint Paradox is he tries it the first time, and it doesn't work, and he just gets like horribly burned all over his body. And then he's like, he's like, he oh, and do it again. And Thomas Wayne is like, you're fucking insane! Like, you're gonna yeah. kill yourself. Um, but then it does work, and he's able to heal his body through his regenerative beat
1: force right. powers, of And then the alternative this that I do prefer here is they try it and it doesn't really work. And then uh, Supergirl yeah. is like, I'm gonna fucking help you. I'll take you up. And I liked her carrying him up, you know, to to get yeah. electrocuted one more time. That was a
0: good change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't work in the chair. So she lifts him up into the sky or whatever to get zapped by lightning, right?
1: Yep. And then this time, it works. We're back in action. Baby, he starts to heal his yeah. wounds. We know that we're good. Uh, Barry, too, has to make a, a flash a suit out of an old Batman, Batman suit. suit. I made yeah. it for colors and it everything. Like, some of that ears. stuff is funny. Yeah, it's more it is, flexible. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that stuff is working.
0: And Supergirl, uh, I did really like her in this movie. I wouldn't mind if she got her own solo movie because um, I think it's an interesting character that could be explored more. And I don't know how she'll fit into this new DCU. I hope that if people like her as the character, they'll, they'll continue to use her, right? Because you could easily explain that that she exists in this reality, but you could also have a new, obviously they're going to have a new Kal-El as well.
1: Right. So I, I, man, she's like the main thing I want from this movie to go into the yeah. continued dc universe like it's really good it's really interesting she's really good i i like that it's a different take on superman or supergirl like it's fresh i don't know i i and i just think she did a great job so yeah yeah um with limited and uh opportunity
0: right um and by the way with the new superman i do know some casting rumors that oh. uh right now james gunn is like considering three different actors two of them i'm not familiar with them but one of them is nicholas Holt huh so that would, Holt that would superman. be an choice for superman he Beast. doesn't have the
1: typical look maybe like he's a little
0: but he, he's got a thinner body type
1: to yeah. him though yeah. yeah that boyish kind of charm almost
0: yeah, yeah. interesting what nicholas Holt is he's a good actor that we like so it would be good to have a like henry cavill not the greatest actor in the world like i thought he was good as superman but he doesn't have the most like acting depth to him i oh. think nicholas hold is a much better actor
1: so oh, yeah. yeah, I think he could bring something interesting to the the Superman role. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm here for that. I love the menu, love Mad Max, you know. Yeah. And say one for good actors to Superman. Yeah, who knows, who knows. Um, right. so yeah. So now we're a big in, action scene. We got to go the, stop Zod and they yeah. Yeah. now out everything. Big gray field.
0: We're going to have this big action scene which you know, there's some questionable effects maybe you could say. Um, yeah. Some, some of, of it looked CG, okay to me, great. some of it I mean, you know, we can hit Marvel for, for having some questionable effects sometimes. And true, I feel like this movie falls into a, it and has some really bad effects sometimes, but also, you know, some fun action, I guess, in this scene.
1: I did hear somebody describe uh, the final battle landscape as like a Dragon Ball Z, like fight zone. It's just like an empty, barren wasteland yeah. as far as the eye can see. Yeah. yeah. It's very like, it's okay. It's
0: not super visually interesting.
1: Like it is just like a gray barren field of sand or whatever. There's no mountains and no features in the background. It's just barren, maybe some debris from some vehicles here and there, but there is nothing out there. Yeah, it's
0: and it's and basically the two is a Batman and a Supergirl facing a bunch of super strong Kryptonian soldiers, right? You got
1: a space giant, uh you got yeah. Zod and then just random Kry- Kryptonian like lieutenants that have like their own abilities, I guess. Um yeah, th- they're they're just archetype. Big, big one. I uh, wily one, you know, they're whatever. Yeah, you know, they're throwaway villains, basically. But everybody's got to have something to do. i gives some interesting stuff with the, the berries working together. They go foot to foot and create like a cyclone yes. thing in there. Yes.
0: You know. Um, But again, this is all really just a diversion from the main, uh, you know, climax of the movie, which is that Barry realizes that you know he caused this all by saving his mom and again and so this is where if we can compare it to like spider yeah 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 go ahead um just in the way the way that they the stance that it has in canon events like okay so your mom died in your past that defines you as a character and also the universe we live in that if you go back and change that it's just gonna mess things up irrevocably um, so the lesson here is that you can't change your past. You need to live with it. And so, sorry, mom, you gotta die, right? Yeah. Uh, is what this movie, it's, it's the stance of this movie versus Spider-Verse where Miguel O'Hara tells Miles Morales, oh, you need to let your dad die for, in order for the universe not to be destroyed. And Miles says, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like I'm Spider-Man. I'm going to protect my loved ones. So it's completely yeah. opposite stance, right? Yeah, so, yeah. What is the right stance? Miguel O'Hara is kind of the villain of that taking the same stance that in this movie they're saying is is the correct stance. So I just
1: think yeah. that's interesting. I think the way they approach the question is equally interesting here. I mean, for for all the weird CG and overdone-ness of the battle, we get to a point where they're losing and they just keep losing. You know, they lose Batman. They lose Supergirl. They're they losing. Yeah. And so they're like, we got to go back in time. We can just go back in time, right? And then they try. And then Barry too, younger Barry he keeps trying and he keeps getting injured and then and then older Barry's like look you got you got to stop you got to stop like it's not going to work we need to just accept it we fucking did this we just got to let mom die I fucked up I'm sorry and he's trying to talk him out of it he keeps getting more debris out of him and then what what's our big reveal here what do we learn right well that's
0: yes younger Barry by doing this time loop keep going back trying to fix things it doesn't work like you said, he's getting more and more like bits of metal stuck in his skin and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he becomes corrupted and he becomes the dark flash, this figure that we saw at the beginning of the movie that originally pushed Barry out of the time stream. Um, so we see how that's all wrapped around, and young Flash is now Dark Flash, and older Flash has to convince him not to, you know, go down this path
1: anymore. Yeah, because it just it leads to nothing but self-harm like you you become a monster right if you continue this right and i kind of yeah. started this emotion um and ultimately you know it's an interesting theme because he's watching himself not learn the lesson that he's finally learned it's like i should never have tried to change anything right and he right. trying to tell his younger self hey, if i could if you could tell your younger self one thing what would it be it's like don't try to fucking change the shit you it's know butterfly effect. Right. yeah and they have that speech that in the beginning giving the whatever to acknowledge what i can't change or you know whatever yeah, yeah that sojourner's prayer or whatever right um, right Accept what the things that you you can't change cannot change you, to, you know yeah fix the things that you can change so yeah it's it's, it's look it up normies but yeah that's kind of the, the the idea it's like sometimes sometimes shit just happens and you have no control over it so he finally accepts that and uh yeah. as he's accepting it reverse flash is that correct no um negative what flash no what's it's am i getting the name right reverse flash but he's not in this movie is he no so what's this one called dark flash think dark they flash they name not called called dark so flash, good they just are calling him that I'm, he's not called that in the movie but i guess no, that's but he's, he's dark called. but anyway it's, it's an evil corrupted version of the flash and then, yeah. and then young barry actually sacrifices himself for original timeline barry correct that's what that's what ends up happening right. here
0: which so dark flash is kind of a reference to I think, a character named Savitar. So in the CW show, again, there's a different like big villain every season. So the first season, it was Eubard Thawne, Reverse Flash. Then it was Mm -hmm. Zoom, which was another speedster rival. Then it was Savitar, which was another speedster rival of Barry Allen. But the big twist of Savitar, spoiler alert for this CW show that's that's a few years old now at this point. Concluded, yeah. Savitar turns out to, and Savitar is this like crazy suit, and he's voiced by Tony Todd. Uh, so sounds very different than Barry Allen. But the reveal is that Savitar is Barry Allen for the from the future, who is evil because Iris West died, and it made him evil. So now he's like trying to kill his or trying to like torment his his, his past self. So okay, fair enough. It's, it's similar to Dark Flash be- also being barry allen right the reveal of it he's a time traveling yeah. barry allen. um yeah. so it kind of reminded me of that i don't know if
1: it's a direct like reference to that but, it's yeah. thing it's just they're kind of taking some attributes of these plot threads yeah it's put them all on one guy but man this this t- temporal coliseum looks like dog shit um all the cg yeah. in here looks terrible because we start to see the universe is colliding a- as we're learning that you can't change everything the universes are kind of collapsing in and we get these glimpses this is all kind of the the cameos if we want to run through some of them with Christopher yeah. Reeves Superman and we kind of go through so all the eras. Yeah. This was one of my least favorite parts of the movie, right?
0: I don't like this at all. It made no sense and also is just like pandering nostalgia bait. But we get Christopher Reeves, Superman. We get also the supergirl of his era, which I don't even know the actress. No. Um we get, I think, a brief glimpse of George Reeve who was the first Superman back in the 40s in the black and white era. George, okay, yeah, Reeve. yeah, that's There's right. George Reeve, and then there's Christopher Reeves. just a uh, coincidence that the first two Superman actors were named very similarly. And Reeves, yeah. But George Reeve died mysteriously in the 40s, uh, and they made a movie about it called Hollywoodland, if you've ever seen that, mm-hmm. where Ben Affleck plays George Reeve in that movie. So it's a little kind of funny how that, that works yeah 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 wild we got a brief uh, glimpse of george reed we got i guess a brief glimpse of jay garrick which was maybe um teddy sears who played him in the cw show so you get a brief glimpse of him with the silver bucket hat on oh yeah, is the, yeah. the silver age flash from the 70s jay garrick who was a character in the cw show um
1: and who else be oh again oh yeah well what the biggest surprise which my smooth brain was excited in the moment but the more i thought about it, i'm like this is really dumb uh mostly because everybody in these is all cgi right so it's like we couldn't even yes. fucking get anybody to show up it's and crazy. that's when i was like this is dumb so but this this reveal i was like oh my god kevin smith has yeah. gotta be going crazy right now right so we get
0: nicholas cage as superman fighting a giant spider now, normies, yes. I'll explain this reference for you if you're not in the loop. Because I don't know who exactly this movie is for, but except for the you know the people that will get this reference, I don't know how many of them will. But yeah. basically, Nicolas Cage at one point in time was going to play Superman. There's screen test of him wearing a suit that you can look up on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um he, he has long, long hair. hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be very weird. But Kevin Smith was in talks to direct. Uh, And he was talking to a guy named John Peters, who is the guy that owns the film rights to Superman or did at the time. I don't know if he, I think he was a producer on, I think he's still a producer on like Superman movies, but John Peters, very interesting eccentric guy who was once married to Barbara Streisand. Um, If you've seen the movie licorice pizza,
1: he's played Mm -hmm. by Bradley Cooper in that movie. Um, Have you seen that at all? No, no, no. But you know, Good Bradley movie. Cooper, our favorite, uh, yeah. little, uh, elf man. in Dungeons. And Dragons. yes, but Bradley Cooper played John Peters
0: and mm-hmm. he was just this crazy guy. He was married to Barbara Streisand. He then became like a film producer and somehow got the Superman film rights and was in charge of that. And so Kevin Smith met with him and he was a very weird guy who had some weird requests, but the main one is that he is like, Superman needs to fight a giant spider in the third act. And Kevin Smith mm-hmm. was like, okay, I guess. I mean, that's a weird request, but I don't I don't give a shit. Sure, he can fight a giant mm-hmm. spider. Um, that movie never got made, obviously, but a couple years later, a little movie called Wild Wild West came out, also produced by John Peters. And in that movie, they fight a giant mechanical spider in the end, right? In the third
1: act. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a reference to this stand-up story kevin smith would tell about being involved in this guy's obsession with having superman fight a giant yeah. spider for no reason and when i saw long hair nicholas cage fighting a spider at first i was like wow i can't believe they fucking did that but at right. the same time you can't get nick cage to show up for one day put him in the suit like come on but everything yeah with nicholas sociology. cage is still alive by the way yeah like, you can still like chris so chris and Reed he really wanted to be superman chris give him his one chance back in the
0: suit yeah. he gave it to keaton you know? Nicholas Cage is like such a big Superman fan that he named his son Cal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a huge comic book fan. Um but the controversialness of like the Christopher Reeve, like Christopher Reeve R.I.P. is passed away a few years yep. ago. Um, and they're reanimating, you know, dead actors that didn't consent to be in this movie via CG, mm-hmm. that's a little questionable, right? I don't agree with that. Yeah, and you know, Star Wars kind of started it with Obviously, Princess Leia, you know Carrie Fisher was died in between installments, so that's understandable. But even in Rogue One, you had uh, okay, Graham Moff yeah. Tarkin, like right. you know, that guy didn't. Con- you know, that guy's not alive. What's his? I forget his name, but yeah, he's I, a he's a very well well known British actor that uh, I'll pull it up. Passed away long before the Rogue One came out, and they you know recreated him with CG. So it's it is questionable because Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. That's right. um and maybe their their estate signed off on it i don't know but it still seems it's a little icky to me
1: it's Mm -hmm. weird and it's still it's very uncanny valley in that sequence and they're trying to play this you know we saw in the spider-verse like here's every canon event we see toby and and, you know and it's like that all works you're showing us footage from the movies right but here we recreated like you could have just showed footage from
0: you know the series it was their
1: attempt to do that but did yeah, the a way, way they Henry Cavill like just the back of him or some shit, right? Know. Um,
0: I should mention there was only a couple. So in the we didn't talk about our theater experiences of watching this, but oh yeah, I went on a I went to a matinee on the Saturday, uh, you know afternoon. Um, decent sized crowd in the audience, not totally sold out, but like two thirds full at least. Mm-hmm. And there was like I think there was three moments where the the crowd had a audible reaction to something on screen, right? Yeah, and the first
1: um maybe in a microwave <laughs>
0: well there was some uh, other than some laughs and stuff because there were some right, right, jokes right, right? Yeah, yeah yeah um but the the first one was the first time michael keaton shows up in the suit right not his first appearance where he has long hair and stuff oh, and he comes back and he's in the suit and he says you want to get nuts let's get nuts people mm. some people clapped in my theater i was like okay why are we clapping uh that really <laughs> michael that's keaton. been in the trailers we've seen yeah nine. yeah um And then the next one was, well, when Christopher Reeve showed up, uh, he first shows up. He's like silhouetted, so you can't see his face. I think some people actually thought it was Henry Cavill, maybe, Uh, but they kind of cheered when he showed up. And then it was Christopher Reeve and people were like, what? What's going on? And then uh, Nicolas Cage, I think, got some laughs. Uh, And then people clapped at the end of the movie, which was also weird. Like when the credits came up, people were clapping. Is this really a clap worthy movie? I don't know
1: but yeah, i don't know uh should we talk about the actual ending when we get there i don't know if it's but, clapworthy. But, yes
0: and the number one biggest moment that my audience had was something that we'll get to at the very end of the movie
1: um oh wow. i don't want to okay. jump ahead yet but, it could be one of two things that i don't like either of them if they react no, to either of those things <laughs> i'm surprised it was literally the biggest reaction in the movie um okay but so yeah, we we know that everyone's, oh, the universes are collapsing. We can't do this, Barry. We can't do this. Barry 2 sacrifices himself to save Barry 1 from anti-flash, Mega flash I don't know. Um, and, and dark flash. Dark flash. And then uh Barry 1's like, all right, we're going to go back and we're going to put everything back to fucking normal. We can't be messing with time. And then he goes back and he's getting ready to say goodbye to his mom for one last time. And she doesn't know that it's him. He's like, Gives him a hug. until he's kind of bummed out. He thinks he's a stranger at this point because he's he's a ten a year old child at this point in the timeline. I thought that was working great. When he's that getting was a final hug, I think all of this is working. It's just what he does after that, that pisses me off. Again, the best part of the movie
0: is like the emotional core of the storyline mm-hmm. with Barry and his mom and all that. Yeah, that's what worked best for me. And I do want to shout out first of all Ron Livingston who plays his dad mm-hmm. and the actress that plays his mom. Maribel Verdú. Now, you may not be familiar with this actress. She's a Spanish actress. Um, hasn't done that many English language films, but I was surprised to see her because I um, do know her from a movie that I have a, a big connection with, which is the movie called Itu e Mama Tambien." Oh, which is yeah, okay. a uh, Alfonso Cuarón movie. Uh, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. It was 2001, uh, and that starred Diego Luna. Gail Garcia Bernal and Maribel Verdú about two teen best friends that go on a road trip with an older woman and Maribel Verdue is that older woman and they both have like a crush on her and it's it's a road trip movie it's a coming of age movie and uh I'm a huge fan of it um so shout out to that movie "E too mama tambien
1: yeah and shout out to our uh you know pasta making comic book superhero moms out there you know thanks uh yeah Aunt May and Spider-Man and uh very. Maribel Verdue was
0: a very interesting choice for this movie because she is a very Spanish, um, right. You know, she has a very strong accent, which is never a part of Barry Allen's. Like Barry Allen's mom has always been played by like a generic white lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was an interesting choice um, for this movie. I don't know why they did it specifically, but I thought she was great. And um, Ron Livingston yeah. was also great as as the dad as well.
1: No, the, the the emotional scenes between them, even when like he first shows up in the new timeline. And he's figuring it out. She's like, "Oh, you cut your hair, and like you, you know, he's wearing clothes off the wire or whatever, you know." But there's, yeah. you could see, you know, her care for him, even if he looks a little weird, and he's just still taken aback that he's seeing his mother again after all these years. Like that stuff is all great. So the grocery store, I'm That's all cute. here for it, and it's like, wow, you really have to accept that, like, you know. But and it is a goodbye for her, but he can't resist one last time making a change, and this is where the whole right. thing falls apart for me.
0: Yeah, well it's mixed messages, right? Cuz they're saying can't change the past, you just got to accept it, but you can change it a little bit uh to help out right. your dad, right? So what does he do? So originally he's he's like, "Okay, if mom just had an extra can of tomatoes, she wouldn't have had to send dad back to the store and she wouldn't have died, she, you know, he would have been there to like protect her or whatever." So yeah, that's the original change is that he puts an extra can of tomatoes in her cart. So yep. he, he takes it back out at the end. Um but he can't resist. Um, so his dad has an alibi that he was in the store at the time, but he was wearing a hat that covers his face on the security camera. Mm -hmm. So they can't prove conclusively that his dad didn't murder his mom. So the change that he makes is he makes it so that the security camera can
1: see his dad's face. Then he puts the cans on a higher shelf. So he, he looks up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He moves the cans on a higher shelf. So he looks right at the camera and that's the thing. He's not able to save his mom,
0: but he is able to save his dad from being in prison falsely. Um, And so, yeah, it's mixed messages, right? Because you're saying, well, you can't change it, but you can change it for your dad, I
1: guess. Can, with a can of tomatoes. You can change it, I guess. Yeah. So that's the mixed messaging, and that's why I get frustrated. And I I hear that there's, like, several endings for this movie. Like, there's endings where uh, Sasha Kaye and and Keaton are at the courthouse in suits, like, "We're, we're cheering for you, buddy. And, like, there's different endings because this thing has been such a shit show and my like right. scenes were filmed at the courthouse with those characters, but in this ending we get, oh, your dad's exonerated, all charges dropped, he's a free man, get a phone call from our old friend Bruce Swain. Ring, it's ring, there, Swain. I'll be there
0: in a hey, minute. Hey, I'm pulling up right now, right? Gets Holy out of the car, and this is the moment, the biggest moment that my audience had. He uh gets out of the car. It's not Ben Affleck. Who is it? It's not Michael Keaton. George fucking... George Clooney right that's right Uh, ER himself George Clooney from Batman and Robin uh obviously the best Batman movie Mm -hmm. um true but my audience had a visible reaction where people were laughing and like clapping and stuff and I kind of laughed too just out of surprise but I was like wait what what does this mean for the movie that so wait Ben Affleck's gone but now George Clooney is Bruce Wayne in this universe like what
1: yeah Michael Keaton's gone yeah what is going on here so yeah, that's the big reveal. He's now in a universe where the only thing we know that's different is his dad is out of jail and we know it's George Clooney Batman, but this George Clooney Batman knows him as the Flash. So yeah, so
0: he's like playing the same Bruce Wayne that Ben Affleck played, but he just looks like George Clooney.
1: Yeah, or we'll have to see what other events transpire differently, but he has become the Flash and become associated with Bruce Wayne in some way, presumably, yeah. but.
0: I mean, I'm not this beginning. may never get a follow-up in terms of like... No, movie may
1: never get a and that's why you know? it's so confusing, especially if we just talk the last post-cred before we go to final thoughts, because I want to discuss over there, where where does this sit? Why did it... How did it perform? Things like that, because it's very strange, right. because we have George Clooney, new shit set up. We established there was a timeline where Arthur Curry was never born in our post-creds. We get Barry Allen and Arthur Curry, Jason Momoa coming out from a that's bar. right. And a it's like... scene. Yeah, I can't get drunk. Jason Momoa is very drunk. We're trying to get him home. Falls in a puddle. I'll sleep right here. Sell my ring. It's Atlantean. Go get me some beer. Yeah, eh, silly stuff. But it's like, so where does this go? Because I thought you were right. supposed to be low. No, you know.
0: And we know Aquaman two is still coming. So
1: yeah, I don't know. But I think
0: all these Justice League cameos were just like, hey, remember these actors? Like this may be the last time you ever see them in this role. You know, Wonder Woman, Ben Affleck um jason moe we're gonna see him at least one more time as aquaman but to me this is just like a f- funny comedic scene where there's like can we get jason moe in for one day for like an after the credits scene and they uh, showed
1: up actually in person for the uh peacemaker thing too momoa and ezra you know henry cavill right, was yeah. there and gal gadot weren't there for real wasn't there three wasn't it him and it wasn't it jason Momoa, ezra miller and someone
0: else i forget
1: henry henry cavill and gal gadot's characters yeah. were there but oh, i only yeah, could it spoke okay yeah 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 so again everything's up in the air with this dc universe
0: right now we know we're getting new superman new batman most most if not all characters from this current iteration of justice league are going to be recast mm-hmm. jason momoa might play a different character in the dc universe who knows
1: you know yeah it's confusing is all here. hell the messages are so mixed much like the final act of of the movie and the last thing that flash does so uh, let's yep. try to untangle some of this spaghetti here as we jump into final thoughts. Right after this, uh, talking the flash and the future of the DCU EU. Who knows? Uh, zoom zoom. we're back i'm running in a weird slow way i can't quite get up to speed right now um i did yeah. enjoy that when he's like why don't i have my powers and he's running like a freaking jagaloon uh bumping Yeah, that was up. funny but uh yeah aside from other gags here what is this why is it right again it's uh, the last vestige of this kind of dceu that's dying you know yeah. so if we want to look at box office it's like i understand why It seems to be not doing well. Spoiler, because it's it's set up to failure. It's got a controversial star. It's a universe no one's going to invest in, right? So, so yeah, where are we at box office-wise, and what do you think is kind of some of the factors?
0: Box office is not looking good. It's worse than Black Adam. First weekend, worse than Black Adam, not quite as bad as Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which was, let's be clear, one of the biggest box office bombs for a comic book movie ever made. It Um, It costs less, but it's made like an insanely like it's made like 30 million dollars at this it's like insanely low i I don't remember exactly what it was but it's like really bad so that was bad now this is a bomb um it came in below its lowest projections in terms of like what they were expecting so it's pretty much a disaster and i think it is a combination of reasons between the ezra miller stuff like you said the universe being up in the air no one really cared about this movie because there's no reason to care about like if you're going to change everything about this universe then why would we want to see this movie like i wanted to see it because i like the flash but he's not exactly the most popular character and again the way they marketed it they barely marketed it as a flash movie it was a it was a look at this michael keaton cameo and look at supergirl and like look Mm -hmm. at all the and look we got zod back and all this stuff like that's not a reason to go see the movie like that's why audiences aren't turning out
1: you know yeah i agree um yeah and again it's just why am i going to read the final chapter of a book that's never the most the most current chapter let's say of a book that's never going to have an ending like th- that universe right. is dead it's done so why why and my money to see something that means nothing right
0: yeah obviously they they were going for a no way home thing they saw how well no way this people are like oh toby's back andrew garfield's back like green goblin fucking willem dafoe let's go like people <laughs> love that they're like okay cameos and like bullshit nostalgia bait that's what people want but the reason it worked in no way home again is that like it fit into the story in a way that made sense you can't just throw random cameos into a movie and expect people to just like clap like seals you know yeah like that's what they want a a michael keaton thing just had if he was playing thomas wayne like we said earlier like i would have been so much more interested in this movie um Supergirl was fun again. Like, I think she did a great job. Leave
1: that the same way. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Um, but again, like, I think it was mismarketed. Like, they didn't know. Obviously, it was a huge task of like, we need to sell this movie somehow with all the controversy behind it with Ezra Miller, all the problems it had in production. So, it was a huge task to be like, how are we going to market this movie? But I think they went about it the wrong way. Um, yeah. And with the canon, like, I was trying to think of an analogy of how to describe it. It's like, no way home. If instead of, These other Spideys and Spidey villains, they had like, um, you know, like, like Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk in a cameo in No Home. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just another Marvel character from like an older era. And that's what these Christopher Reeves and stuff felt like to me. It's like, why, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Superman doesn't really exist in this movie. Like, so why are we getting Christopher Reeve incursions? Why are we getting, like, I, I get the old, you know, Buckethead Flash stuff. Sure, like that's a part of this. And then even yeah. Zod here, it's like, that's not a Flash villain. Right. Superman villain, what are we doing? Flash has his own whole rogues gallery, just like Batman
0: has a rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash has obviously the reverse Flash, not in this movie. And this is a problem that I had as a Flash fan. Like, why are you not using Flash characters and Flash villains? Um, and the other thing is, yeah. if you're going to have cameos, why not have Grant Gustin, in the CW Flash come in? Why not have John Wesley Shipp, the original Flash from the 90s, who also plays Barry Allen's dad in the CW show? Wow. Why not have those two guys? That would be like your Toby and your Andrew from, from Spider-Man. Instead, you have Michael Keaton, a totally different franchise. Like,
1: I don't know. could Different been universe, different era. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. it doesn't... I guess it never really had a chance because when it was incepted, I'm sure it served a very, very different purpose in their business plan going forward, right? And yeah. by the time we have this leadership change, it has to just morph into this abomination uh, to reference a Marvel villain. But it's like, yeah. w- what is it? it? It can't serve any function because its original purpose for existing is deleted. So it's going and, to be unsatisfying I mean, no matter how you look at it.
0: Yeah. And to give context of the troubled history of this production of this movie, this movie was first announced before the cw show started airing a show that ran for seven or eight seasons and ended before this movie came out this movie was announced before that show started so it's been that long since it was announced it finally came out they went through different directors finally landed on andy Muschietti, who i don't hate as a director like he did it part one and two mm. um and now after literally as this movie is coming out was announced to be directing Batman, the Brave, and the Bold in the new James Gunn universe, uh, which is going to come out concurrently with Matt Reeves, the Batman franchise, which is a different, like an Elseworlds type thing. So we're going to have two live-action Batmans at the same time, and Andy Mouchier, director of this movie, will be directing the DCU first Batman movie, Batman, the Brave, and the Bold. I don't think they know
1: what they're doing over there.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is surprising because this is James Gunn announcing it, and I trust James Gunn almost more than I trust anyone involved in like comic book movies right now. Because mm-hmm. obviously, he did a great job with Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked, mm-hmm. you know, I love Suicide Squad, love Peacemaker, so I trust what he's doing. Um, and he is trying to fix a situation that is like very difficult to fix. But the way I did, I, I don't know the way he praised this movie. Um the way Tom Cruise said it was the best thing ever, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, double w- uh, you know, Warner Brothers completely doubled down on like we're gonna market this movie as one of the greatest comic book movies ever made, which to me was like a huge misstep because it's just not. Like it's not one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. It's, it's not terrible. All right. It's not Suicide Squad 2016, mm-hmm. but it's not like an all-time great comic book movie. It's like a- it's an okay, you know, entry into this DCEU that's dying. The way they market it, like James Gunn was like, I've seen it. It's like so good. Blah, blah, blah. Love Andy Muschietti. Like you said, Tom Cruise. They showed it to Tom Cruise. He liked it. Like, I don't know, man. Like the way they market it is just so weird. Yeah. And now we see this is, huge bomb, you know?
1: Yeah, and well, you market marketed, it. it's, a, it's the best thing since sliced bread. And then the reviews come out early, too. You show it to fans early, and they're like, this wasn't that great. And it's like, well, what was mixed all this reviews. marketing? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at best, mixed reviews. A lot of people are
0: very negative about it. There are some people that like it. Um, Rotten. Yeah, I think audience score may be a little higher than critics' score. I don't remember. Oh, well, generally um, that's the case. Yeah, but you know, are Snyder fans going to like this movie? Not really. I mean, it's not really like the Snyder DC movies that much. No, um, they're still, you know, they still want the the uh, the uh, David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad or whatever. They're still complaining about that um so who is this movie really for is it for flash fans not really because you don't have reverse flash or captain cold or any of you know Flash's rogues gallery you got some iris west which was nice you know we first saw iris west in the snyder cut um and i still think this that the flash is role in the snyder cut is the best you know this flash ever got right yeah and the, the the speed you know the the slow motion like speed effects in that movie were really good better than this movie yeah um
1: so yeah he busted really, leg and he's trying to outrun this shit like that that was done really really well actually in in the snack yeah. cut and this is just it's kind of it's kind of all right yeah you know? it's all right i like the beginning
0: like he got a really good scene in the beginning where he's saving all those babies and stuff like that was fun mm-hmm. but like you said the ending stuff with the multiverse looked terrible like you know just just look bad
1: yeah and again it really doesn't have any focus it, it doesn't mean anything it doesn't um own up to its own lesson because it's just like oh don't change anything we're changing it yeah i guess that's just has a nutshell we're this. just going to keep changing it yeah
0: yeah and uh it uh yeah i don't know it, it really far fell apart in the ending for me and uh you know i'm worried about you know that's been two bombs in a row now for dc I'm super worried about our guy, Miguel. Man. Uh, yeah. Beetle. Yeah. Like blue beetle That movies. Like maybe people like the trailer looks fun. Like I want to see it, but blue beetle is not, is not a well-known character at all. It's like a C or D tier DC character. Again, I like him. He was, he was a good, he had a good role in just in uh young justice, which is a, an animated show that came out a few years ago that I really like. Um, Jaime Reyes, interesting yep. character. And, uh, you know, I want our guy to do well. I want his movie to do well. But man, it's not looking good. Did no. He's a new character now between universes.
1: Um, And James Gunn has now said that that's his first superhero in his universe. Yes. We but said Superman's Blue- the his first... first movie in his that's universe.
0: That's right. So Blue Beetle is the first DCU character, But Superman Legacy is the first DCU movie. So he's just kind of, again, in this
1: yeah no man's down between two timelines yeah Um, and then we have two batman timelines happening simultaneously it's like what are you doing you're you're being either only do l and joker shit's happening too so it's like there's so there's already four different timelines in the dc fucking scope it's a little much yeah i'm thinking they still have joker 2 with lady gaga Mm -hmm. as uh harley
0: quinn that's going to be interesting you've got madry's batman 2 which i'm excited for old yeah so it's interesting you know i hope dc can figure things out i mean a lot of live action comic book movies have been underperforming this year ant-man mm-hmm. shazam 2 one of the worst bombs ever um but yeah this movie the flash it's like so it's like on par with green lantern ryan reynolds green lantern in terms of box office wow so that's not if- great for a big tentpole movie that they wanted to do like you know, big numbers, like close to a billion. They wanted this to do like Marvel 300 million, you know, at least in domestic. Next, yeah. Weeks. Yeah. So it's not even close. So we've
1: got Aquaman too. We've got bl- blue beetle. I don't and know. that's it. I don't, know. I don't know either, man. And it's, I mean, maybe they use the blue beetle. It seems to me like they position that as their spider man. Like if we can make this young character work and be a POV to introduce parts of the universe as he's, you know, meeting the Tony Stark of this world, like, I could see that potentially working because he's a likable actor and, you know, he's good, but let's see how that movie does. I think people are still going to be confused with where exactly does this fit in with the future? Because it's like, if I don't know where we're going, I I don't want to get in the car. Um, Um, I think
0: the best it can hope for is like Shazam one numbers where Shazam one came out and it was like kind of connected this universe, but doesn't really like it works as a standalone movie and people just thought it was like a fun movie. So it did okay, like it did mid numbers for a superhero movie. That's what I'm hoping. That's like best case scenario for Blue Beetle. Worst case is that just no one goes to see it. It's got he's got no brand recognition in terms of like people who know who Blue Beetle is. So no,
1: and he's not exactly somebody who draws money at the box office. This is a new frontier for for that actor. He's great in Cobra Kai yeah, and the stuff. TV and,
0: actor, you know, he's in Cobra Kai. Yeah,
1: it's untested. You can't expect him to draw the money, and the the property itself isn't helping either. So. Uh, amidst the confusion and general kind of lukewarmness i think people have on dc in general so hopefully james gunn can turn it around you know i'd rather have good if anyone can yeah yeah i think if anyone can james gunn is the guy because
0: like i said i trust him with his past projects he's had a very strong track record Mm -hmm. so if anyone can turn it around it's him but wb just needs to stop like meddling so much and just let like the creatives like figure it out because that's another big problem is that they've just tried to change things so much. Like with the Justice League movie, like, hmm. oh, this isn't working. Let's bring in Joss Whedon and reshoot half of it. And they just made a bigger mess. And that's usually what happens when studios meddle too much,
1: right? They should have watched this movie and realized you can't go back and just change shit willy-nilly all that's the time. right. <laughs> change in past. Past defines us. Okay, right. WB, your shitty past defines you. We've already filmed the Justice League. Don't get Joss Whedon. We're, it's going to be okay. We'll just stick to the plan, guys. Anyway. Yeah. But I think that's about it for me. I just wish they would have taken more story beats from the Flashpoint Paradox, some of that darker stuff. Uh, Thomas Wayne, like you said, like, because that movie is really good. I highly recommend, I don't recommend people watch the Flash in theaters. Don't do that. In my yeah. opinion. Flashpoint Paradox is watch literally that. like a better version of this movie, right? And, and if half you, the time.
0: Yeah. If, if they just adapted that into live action with the same budget that this Flash movie had, it would be a better movie. Mm hmm. And that movie is great. It has a great uh, voice cast. You know, you got Michael B. Jordan as Cyborg. Nathan right. Fillion as Green Lantern. Kevin Conroy, mm-hmm. Batman in the beginning and end, you know. Yeah. um C. Thomas Howell. Anyways. Yeah, Flashback Paradox, great movie. And shout out to those DC animated movies. There's a bunch of them on, on Max. Uh, if you want to continue you could, um, with that, you know, if you want to watch the sequel to that, it's called Justice League War, which is essentially doing the Justice League storyline of uh you know what's his name coming in and uh the demons and all that okay um so but that is starting the new 52 so so basically in in flashpoint paradox he comes back the world's different it's now new 52 characters and so justice league war continues that there's justice league thrown of atlantis and a bunch of other movies there's also a bunch of bat movies that are in the same continuity dealing with the bat family like dick grayson and Damian Wayne, the current, uh, Robin, who's the mm-hmm. son of Batman. So there's a movie called son of Batman. That's really good. And there's Batman, bad blood and like dealing with the larger Batman family. So I, I recommend all of those. Like they're, they're really good. Justice league versus teen Titans all in the same continuity. And there's just, there's a bunch of them on Mac. So check them out. Normies, if you're into that kind of thing, Yeah, check checking out.
1: It's got to be very frustrating to be a DC fan right now um, where the cartoons are so good or the the CW stuff was pretty good for the most part from what I've heard. Then the movies are just dropping the ball like, man, Uh, at least some good shit out there on Max.
0: Yeah, the Arrowverse as it was called in its prime was really good. You had Green Arrow, you had The Flash. Flash was my favorite show of those, but you also had Legends of Tomorrow, which was a bunch of different DC characters traveling through time and fixing things Mm -hmm. in the past and stuff. That was a lot of fun. You had Supergirl. You had a bunch of other ones that I never even really watched, but you know, that's coming to an end, sadly. Grant Gustin, much respect to you. You're my live action flash. Um hey. not in any trouble with the law. You know, right. That's good. Um, but yeah, if I could suggest a, just a couple changes for this movie, I would say do the Thomas Wayne thing, like I said with Michael Keaton. Keep Supergirl. I thought she worked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um with the cameos like again not putting grant gustin or john wesley ship in was like a huge missed opportunity and doing nicholas cage and christopher reeve instead was like why why so and, and the other thing is just reverse flash like that would put in such an easy character to add to this movie to make it to give barry like more personal stakes in terms of having a an arch rival a joker to his batman you know but no, we just get other, we get Batman, we get Supergirl, we get other characters, not Flash characters. Yeah. And, and so as Lee, a Flash fan, yeah, yeah go, ahead. go ahead.
1: Finish your thought, yeah.
0: I was just saying, as a Flash fan, I'm a little, I enjoyed some of this movie. There are, like, I didn't hate it. There are parts I enjoyed. There are parts that I did hate. So it's really mixed bag for me. Overall, I say slightly positive. I came out, so I went in this movie with pretty low expectations, right? So I was pleasantly surprised because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But then also since watching it, the more I think about it, the less I like it. So I'm kind of, it's like going down in my opinion. Um, so, you know, very mixed bag for me as a yeah. fan.
1: So that's all uh, I to say. I, I agree. agree. I thought it was like pretty, it was like pretty all right. And now I'm like. I'm am getting more lukewarm on it. Like it's it's just fine, yeah. you know. They're, they're, like once the immediacy of the jokes and stuff wears off, and it's like you know what? Yeah, marinating. When you nice. first come out of the movie,
0: like you're still hyped from the movie, so you're like you're thinking of it in a more positive light. But the more you think about it, like the more it falls apart. That's kind of how how I'm feeling now. It's like was it really that good? Mm, no, yeah. probably not. Yeah,
1: and it's not a flash fan, you know. I, I said I just wanted to see where does this leave the the new universe. And you think from a business standpoint, there would at least be something in all these reshoots to be like at least definitively see that universe over there. That's that's the one we're building next. Like there needed to be some signaling in all the fractured spaghetti that like this is the James Gunn one. Get excited for that. We're we're teasing yeah. it for a second. Like it, there needed to be something. To let audiences know where the DC is going. Otherwise, it's just a fucking wet fart. It means nothing. The it, The yeah. whole thing means nothing. And that's the worst part. You spend two and a half hours on something that will never amount to anything greater than itself. Um, right. And I
0: mean, like, how, how much are people going to go back and rewatch this movie? Why would you? You know, when it comes on streaming or whatever. Yeah. Like, why would you watch? You know, why would you rewatch Man of Steel? Why would you rewatch Batman versus Superman? Like, why would you rewatch the Justice League or any of these movies? no one you know there's the except for the hardcore Snyder fans no one's going to want to in
1: like two years a casual superhero fan is not going to come back to this the way they might come back to an Infinity War endgame you know yeah because at least that goes somewhere
0: yeah all that money and all that time they put into this movie to finally put it out and it's not going to matter it's gonna be huge bomb and it's just like kind of a an example of WB's hubris and like all the bad decisions they've made over the past like decade. So
1: Yep. You know, The Flash is a fast paced summer action movie that stumbles across the finish line. A flash in the pan for WB. You know, that's that's kind of my newspaper headlines for this. Yeah. You should only yeah, you should only review things with with pun based headlines. I should. My letterbox should be that, huh? Yeah. I should do all puns. Yeah. The Flash feels like nothing but a flash in the pan for Warner Brothers and the extended DCU. In the end, so Absolutely. that's where I'll leave it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, but ultimately, I'm sorry that your Flash movie wasn't the groundbreaking uh, extravaganza that it it deserved to be. Uh, as definitely, I think yeah. an underserved character actor. Even just seeing Flashpoint Paradox, I'm like, there is interesting shit here. Yeah, and
0: and even uh, at yeah. least he had a CW show, which had a good run and uh that might be a good
1: second screen thing for me a little barrier yeah
0: i'd say throw on the first season the first season is really strong um i watched him fight gorilla grod i was like what gorilla (laughs) grod is great there's a scene i just want to mention in legends of tomorrow which is a spin-off from the flash that has a lot of flash characters uh gorilla Mm -hmm. Grodd is like a super smart uh gorilla uh yeah. And he's a supervillain, you know, not important, but there's a, there's a scene in Legend of Tomorrow where Gorilla Grodd goes back in time and tries to kill a young college student named Barack Obama in Chicago, wow. Illinois. And it's a very funny scene. Uh, that's, very that's what funny. Legend of Tomorrow was great as they just had these
1: really campy outlandish time travel stories that were fun. So, yeah, man, very cool. Yeah. yeah check out out some of that supplementing material probably don't check this out uh is our recommendation but if you did check it out feel free to write in uh, hit us up at Like Us, you know on the twitter machine youtube people are already yeah yeah. people
0: are already not checking this out so just continue to
1: not check it out Mm -hmm. uh save your money for craven the hunter that trailer dropped today as of recording looks great (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's craven time yeah yeah but that is great Another yeah. conversation,
0: and that w- that starring a fellow speedster, a guy named Quicksilver.
1: Uh, that's right, Marvel one of right. the universes Quicksilvers tying yeah. all to Oscar Isaac, our favorite guy. Um, right. All right, well, that's going to be it for us today. Hopefully, Colin gets out of the Speed Force uh, by the time we get back he next needs week. To learn, you know, he keeps trying to change his past. He's got to learn. he can't change the past. Past is what defines us. You know, we might have stumbled on an entire cinematic universe, but you know that defines us, that defines WB and they got to own that as they move forward. That's right. And as we move forward, we'll be back it. next week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, go back to the old transition out. Yeah. We appreciate you. Colin's much better at this than I am, but maybe I can learn, you know, I'm still learning how to phase between show segments, but I'll, I'll get there right. one day. Uh, but yeah, feel free to write in, check out the YouTube. We appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and we'll be back next week. Uh, it's, um, Reverse Mike, you know, I guess. This is Captain Jacob,
0: aka Captain Cold Jacob.
1: A hey, chillin' I'm cold. All right. I'm chillin'. Well run Normies, run. Uh accept your past. we get out of here. Run Barry, run. Thanks, Normies. I I didn't stop. <laughs>